come on. Praise God. Come on. Can somebody in Eternity Church give God some praise right now? Come on, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts. Thanksgiving in your hearts, amen. Hallelujah. Man, it's good to be in God's house today. Just humbling, isn't it? Just seeing what God's doing through your lives, through all of our lives, amen. I just love it. It's not, it's not about, today's not about us. It's not about us being like, man, look, look how good we are, you know. No, the whole story is just about how God just never, ever fails. Amen. How God is just always good, you know. And that even when we feel like it's not good, God's doing something good. Even when it's hard, God's doing something good. Amen. God is good the whole time. Praise God. As I was thinking about what I'm going to preach today, I uh, honestly, it was, I was like, I don't know, they weren't, they, the team didn't want to give me much time. And um, they were like, well, the best way we could really honor what God's done here is for you to only have 20 minutes to preach. And I was like, all right then, cool. I hear, they didn't say this, but I felt like they were like, the least amount of words you use, the better this is going to go. So they were like, you got 20 minutes, Jesse. It's like, all right, giddy up. Is that right? Yeah, cool. She's like, yeah, it is what it is, you know, come on. But um, so anyway, I was thinking about it. I'm like, how do you preach a sermon in 20 minutes? Like, I get it. Like when I just started preaching, that's all I had. I was like, you know, welcome. Jesus loves you. Let's have an altar call. You know, I didn't know anything back then. And the more I learn, the more I feel like I want to share that with everybody, you know. And so now I've got to figure out, you know, how do you, i got to have an introduction. Can't have a sermon without an introduction, right? Like, oh, look, there's a pulpit. You know, so got to have an introduction. And, uh, and then I'm like, well, and then at the end, we're going to have an altar call, like, for people to get prayer, because we don't ever want to have a sermon. And people are like, well, you know, now what? You know, like, we want to pray for people, because we don't just preach so people are like, amen. We preach for a change in people's lives, right? <clears throat> and because um, we want to line our lives up with the Word of God, right? Uh, and then you also got to have a bit where you pray for, sorry, where you, where you, you know, want to give people the opportunity to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Now we're up to like 19 minutes. You know, we haven't even got a middle in the sermon yet. So it's like, I don't know how to do this. So I sat down to prepare my message <clears throat> um, Thursday. Now, usually I like to spend about between like 10 and 20 hours preparing a message, you know? And um, I like to read about it. I like to go through it, make sure that what I'm preaching isn't some preconceived idea or something I was taught that has no biblical basis, right? And I like to just not just read the, the translation, but I like to read the, uh, I want to read the, the Greek and the Hebrew, and I want to listen to podcasts that really unpack the Greek and the Hebrew of that verse. And so I spend a lot of time every week doing that before I preach. I know some of y'all are like, man, it seems like he gets up and wings it. Nope, that's just because I'm hyperactive, right? Um, the, but, but really, like a lot of work goes into it. And this week I sat down on Thursday and, 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 and nothing. I was like, right, oh. We'll try again tomorrow. And maybe that was because I was away on uh, Monday and Tuesday. I was very busy suffering for the Lord, surfing in Orange County uh, on Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> and so because of that, I got back on 
Thursday and I had like a million meetings, you know, and so just a million meetings and had, um, and so I, I was like, okay, well maybe that's why I couldn't prepare a message. And so I sit down Friday and so far all I've got is like this one word from God, authority, right? That's it, authority, you know? So I sit down again on Friday and I'm like, all right, we're gonna preach a message. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna prep this now. Holy Ghost, now's the time. Flick that switch. Let's go. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. But nothing after eight hours. So instead, today I'm coming up with some post it notes. <laughs> and one word authority. <laughs> All right. You will submit to my authority. I'm just kidding, that's not, that's not the sermon. But I should, I don't even watch South Park, so I should not have quoted anything from Cartman in church. So my apologies, don't watch that, it's an evil show. But uh, anyway, so, uh, so I say all that to say this, we need some prayer. Who's with me, right? So come on, let's pray. Because I know that God wants to move in your life today. And um, so Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that, um, that your way is better. And that, you know, man plans, man's plans are in vain when they're not submitted to you. And God, I just couldn't figure it out. So you're going to have your way today. And I thank you for this word authority. And uh, I just pray that you help use that to do something in our lives, Lord God, that you, that you use this word to, to encourage your church, to help launch us into the next level or, or the next place, the, ne- the, ne- the next uh, level of influence in our state and community that you would have our church take. Lord God, I pray that uh, corporately for the whole church. I pray that individually for the individuals and the families in our church. And I just pray that you use this moment, Lord, to change our lives, to draw us closer to you and help us better understand what you put us here for. In the name of Jesus, could someone say amen? Amen. Amen. So you may take your seats and high five uh, 602 of your neighbors, and then we will uh, get on with the words. So... All right, y'all ready for it? All right, so, so again, I was thinking, all right, now I've got a bunch of, like I've got these ones for my message, and then I've got these other ones in the top and the side for like different words I felt God um, share with me to give some people in the church um, near the end of the message. And so um, now let's start, let's, let's go with this at the start. Now, since I got back from vacation, right, every year we go away for three or four weeks, and, uh, and, and then you get some of the best preachers in the world, and it's just amazing, right? But then I always come back pretty fired up, a bit more organized, a bit more clear in my head. And uh, who else has been impressed that since I got back from vacation, pretty much every service, we have landed the plane at the scheduled time, right? Like, we have not really gone, like, not really gone over time since I got back from vacation, right? So y'all owe me. And so today I'm making a withdrawal, all right? We're going to go about five to eight minutes over. And, uh, and it's all good, though, because the party out there don't start till 12.30 anyway, right? So what you going to do in between anyway, other than keep listening to me uh, talk about the Word of God, amen? So we're going to do that today, and you, you'll just make peace with it. And if you leave, I'm going to write down your name and number, and, um, and I'm going to call you out on social media as the person that doesn't want to hear from God. I won't really do that, but it, but it, w- it would be fun. Just like once, just a name that, no, all right, move on, all right. 
So I got this word, authority, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, God, authority, right? Authority, authority, authority. And, and now, now I, I, it's also our 10th anniversary, right? And um, now, now, it doesn't matter whether you went to the most crazy out there uh, Bible college or the most boring Bible college on the planet, right? Doesn't matter if you went to the Southern Baptist Bible College, boring, or the crazy out there Pentecostal Bible College, crazy, right? They all agree on this one thing. That, 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 that themes in the Word of God and numbers in the Word of God are there for a reason. It's not a super spiritual thing. It's not a boring, it's not a boring analytical thing. It's just a really interesting thing about the way God communicates to us in the Word of God and that numbers mean a lot, right? We know like seven means complete, right? It's perfect, it's whole. Right? And, you know, and, we know that, and we also know that the number 10 is a significant number in the Word of God, right? It's interesting that there were, that, that, that and God said is re- repeated 10 times in Genesis chapter 1, right? And God said, and God said, and God said, and God, 10 times that is repeated in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, and, and so the, the number 10 we know in the Word of God speaks to God's authority authority, all right? The authority of God. And God said, so it happened, right? It was 10 generations from creation to Noah. There were 10 commandments. There were 10 plagues. It's on the 10th day that the Passover lamb was sacrificed. Even in our finances, God requires 10% of us, and that gives God the authority to look after our finances, right? (laughs) 10, 10, 10, 10. And I really believe that what God is saying to us as a church is that on this 10th anniversary, or this 10th birthday, so to speak, that, that we need to step into God's authority, all right? That we're not called to follow the world, but to follow the Lord, and that we need to step into and operate under God's authority. That that's the word for us as a church, and that's the word for you. Now, see, the thing is, there's something about authority. There's something about being under authority before you can operate in authority, okay? And so, like, you think about the centurion soldier that marched up to Jesus and said, my dear servant is so terribly ill, right? And he said, and then he said, I too, and he's speaking to Jesus, I too am a man under authority And then so uh, the example he gives of him as a man under authority is him using authority. He says, I too am a man under authority. I say come and they come. I say go and they go. So the example that he gives of being under authority is exercising the authority that he is under as an ambassador. We're ambassadors of Christ and we're under God's authority and we can walk in that authority. Can I get an amen, right? And so often I feel these days that the church, and and I don't just mean the church, I mean the Catholic church, and and Catholic actually means universal, so I don't actually mean the Catholics, but I mean like the, 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 the church in general in the world lives in so much fear, they're so afraid, right? They're, they're afraid. Uh, two things. They're either afraid, not, not all of them. I feel like we have found something at eternity from God's authority. But, but they're, they're, there's a group of the church where they're so afraid of what's happening in the world, right? Like they're like, oh, it's going to get us. It's closing in on us. The end is nigh. The, the, the end is coming. There, there's all this gender ideology. There's all this gay marriage ideology. There's all this abortion worship and all this other stuff going in the world and, and they're so afraid 
afraid and then they're starting to cower in fear, worried about what's going to happen to us, right? And they're so afraid. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's a whole bunch of people who are so afraid of, of, of missing out on the world's affirmation that they won't speak up against those things, not just though any number of other ungodly things going on in the world. There's such a such a, such a grip on so many churches where, where they're not under God's authority anymore, but they're under the authority of what is popular, what is, what, is, what is affirmed by the world, and that they won't ever speak against it for fear of, in, of receiving the wrath of the world, right? And so we have all this fear over here and all this fear over here. And the thing is, all that fear comes from not being submitted to the Word of God. All that fear. See, it feels a little bit like Psalm 23, right? You know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? It feels like that sometimes. In the world, right? In the, I feel like in American history, it's never been more clear that this is the church and this is God's way and this is the word of God and this is the house of hell and death over here. It feels like it's never been clearer. The juxtaposition between the church and the world seems to have never been clearer. For sure, it's been clearer in world history, but in modern history, particularly in the United States, it feels like it's never been a clearer, more easy uh, to differentiate what, what, what is godly and what is not, right? Anyone else feel that way? Right? Like, like in here, we submit to God's way, God's plans, God's design, God's word. Out here, it's the church of woke, right? And the devil runs the whole thing, right? And, and, and it's just so clear. And what happens is we have so many people in the church walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and they're so afraid that, 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 that they might be ridiculed by the world, that they might be punished by the world, that they might be hurt by the world, that they're, 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 they're so scared of everywhere they step. It's like, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear all the evil, right? Does it not, you know what I'm talking about? And me, I'm not, no, 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 no. What, what did he say? What does it actually say? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of it, I will fear no evil. Why? Your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. The rod and the staff are why I will walk through the valleys of the shadows of death and I will not fear evil. The rod and the staff are why I can walk through all the turmoil and the chaos and the ridicule of this death cult out there, this insane attack on family, on, 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 on your freedom, on your marriage, on your gender, on, your, on your God's design and structure, on life, on, on happiness, and on anxiety, like all this stuff out there. I can walk past that because the rod and the staff, they comfort me. Now that sounds cool, but what does that even mean? The rod and the staff are the authority of God. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I don't fear evil because I am submitted. I am a man under authority. Come on now. I, I'm not afraid of what's happening out there because I too am a man under authority and I say, come and it comes. I say, go and it goes. Come on, I'm not afraid of the ridicule because I say, hey, I am not submitted to the authority of these of this ideologies of this world. I am submitted and I am a man under the authority of God and I am living my life. We, it is time for the church to stop being so scared. Stop being so scared. What is going on? Ooh. 
We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because I am a man under authority. Come on now, amen? I'm not, I don't have to search the world. I don't have to search the, the internet of things. I don't have to search all the books to try and figure out what's right and what's wrong. No, no, I don't need to do that. I, I, need, I don't need to figure that out. I just need to get in the Word and, 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 and I will discover the truth and I will discover what's right and I'll discover what's wrong and I won't be afraid to tell people why. Not because I hate them, but because I love them and I want them too to discover the freedom and the healing and the provision and the joy that comes from being a man or a woman under authority it's all about why did our church not die in 2020 because we came under the authority of God why did our church grow because we came what what did everyone tell me would happen you're gonna tank well if preaching the truth and coming under God's authority should cause that then giddy up let's go if preaching the truth burns the church down then bring your marshmallows we're making s'mores baby all right like, like, as we, we're going to stay under the authority of God no matter what, amen? Because it brings freedom into people's lives. It brings healing into people's lives. It brings transformation. It helps people line their lives up with the Word of God. Praise God. I think about my life growing up, and we sang that song, you know, you've been so, so good to me. I, I think about that, and I'm like, man, you know, all my life you've been faithful. Man, as I look back on my life, he has been faithful. So faithful. You know, I, um, I, 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 my life compared to my siblings' lives, two very different worlds. And, and I don't say that to say I'm better than them, I am not, right? Like it is by the grace of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit that no man should boast, right? Like I'm not boasting in how good I am, I'm boasting in how good life is when you submit yourself under God's authority. That's it. I put God in charge. That's it. That's it. And, but I look back at my life. My life didn't set up so fantastic. It's a miracle that I'm here. I know some of you come at church on the weekend. You're like, you don't need to tell me. You're not perfect. We, we can tell. Some weeks we're like, how is that guy the pastor? You know, like, like I know, right? I don't claim to be perfect. I make mistakes. It is honestly the desire of my heart, though, to honor the word of God no matter what, right? I may not. See, people think Christians are hypocrites when, we, when we're not perfect. I'm like, no. No, 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 a hypocrite is, I'm perfect, but then you notice they're not, right? See, we're just people on a journey. We hold up the Word of God. We say, look, I'm not saying that I'm ticking all these boxes, but it is the desire of my heart to get there. And so just because I fail, I'm not going to drop this down to the ground. I'm going to keep it lifted up, and I'm going to keep striving. And I'm going to keep, oh, oh, I may have got divorced, but I'm going to keep striving. And I'm going to keep, oh, 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 I may have cussed out someone on the road, but I'm going to keep striving. I'm going to keep striving. Oh, I may have cheated my, on my taxes, but, but, but I'm going to keep striving, and I'm going to try and never do that again. I'm going to, see, we, we, we're going to keep striving, amen? I'm not perfect, but my life is way better than it would have been because I came under authority. See, here's the thing, I look at my life, it's crazy. My family jacked up, right? Love my dad, love my brothers and sisters, but it's crazy, you know, like the earliest memory I have, the earliest three memories, right? You ready for this? This is like super depressing, but, but God's good. My first memory, and I don't have many memories from earlier on, and people are like, you should really dig into that. And I'm like, yeah, let's not, we'll just leave it as it is, life's working out. And, um, but, I, but I don't know whether I was like seven or something, I was like, um, my first memory is falling down the stairs, you know, and, uh, and cutting my head open and needing stitches. I don't remember getting the stitches. I just remember dad being like, that's what you get, 
you know, because um, like he probably told me a million times, stop climbing on the stairs, stop climbing on the stairs, and I fell on a whole bunch of corrugated iron and cut my head open. And try, you wouldn't believe how many stitches I've had. You probably would, actually. <laughs> it's a lot, you know. And uh, this, you know, I've had so many, there's no way they got them all out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there's some up there somewhere, you know, riding around. That's probably like what's wrong with me, probably. But um, <laughs> the next memory I've got is, um, is waking up at the bus depot uh, with a depot, which is, it's not depot, it's depot, right? Like, um, anyway, so I woke up at the bus depot because my brothers and sisters got off the bus at our trailer park, and then I, um, and they left me on the bus, and I was asleep, and the bus driver parks it in a shed somewhere, and I'm like, let, let me out! I woke up in the, in the bus, and some and the bus driver came back, and, you know, took me home, and so that was nice of him. I'm glad he, he didn't kidnap me. He could have, but he didn't, and so that was nice of him, and so, um, so I guess that's a good memory, right? <laughs> and then, um, and then the, the next memory is, um, I was standing out the front of the courthouse with my grandma and grandpa, wonderful people. They've gone to be with Jesus. Um, they probably have been the biggest Christian influence in my life, them and my auntie and uncle. Um, and uh, we're standing out the front of the courthouse, and um, we walk in. This is my mom and dad getting divorced. And I was with my brother. Um, I think it was my brother, Joel. I don't know if, it, if, if anyone else. It could have been my sisters. I don't know, but it, I feel like it was my brother. Um, we go in. We didn't hear what preceded this statement, so it could be out of context. We didn't hear what was after it, so there could have been some love afterwards. But this is what we heard, and these are my earliest three memories. It was, um, it was my mom saying, well, well look, look, I don't want them anyway. You can have them. And so we're like, okay, this is cool. And this stuff jacks up your life. You hear what I'm saying? Like, when these is all you've got. And, and so my dad got custody, and, and then we, you know, we moved to, to Queensland. Um, uh, you know, I think that was in Victoria, so we moved to Queensland. Uh, and, um, and up in Queensland, um, we, we, it was crazy life. We lived in a trailer park. Um, I, I always thought I was better than trailer trash. Uh, and then I found out that, because um, I grew up in a caravan park, because that's what we call it in Australia. And then I discovered that that that's the same thing. And I was like, okay, well, ours had wheels, yours don't, you know, like, I don't know. And so anyway, that's where I grew up. Anyway, um, we're there, and I remember, I, I just decided from a young age, because Grandpa really helped me see that I need Jesus. And, and it's like from that point on, from that courthouse on, I'm like, I need Jesus. I need, and I did everything I could from that point on to get into the presence of God. And the best way I knew it as a young man like that is to get into the house of God, right? You go to the Father's house, the Father's there, right? And so I just, I just kept getting into, into church every week, no matter what. I remember when we, when we lived in that trailer park in Queensland, Caramont, uh, not Caramont, what was it called? Um, uh, Amberley, near the Air Force Base. Uh, we were there. Uh, this, this, this chick, I have no idea who she was. I asked Dad about it. He doesn't even remember. I'm like, man, you definitely didn't background check this chick. But she would pick me up and take me to church like every single week, you know, like my dad's like, I want to sleep, take the kids, you know, and so I'd go to church, and then we moved back to Victoria, I'd go to church with, with grandpa, and then, um, and then after a couple of kidnappings back and forth between my mom and dad, then I'd go, and we moved to Tatura, and in Tatura, um, I, I just decided I'm going to church every day, no matter what, every weekend, and I remember one day I wasn't allowed to go to church, because it was my favorite thing in the world, so dad thought that would be a fantastic punishment, you know, because I got caught cussing uh, either at school or on the school bus, and when you get home, anyone else's parents like stuff a bar of soap in your mouth when you cussed? Give me a wave if that happened. Put your hands down. Give me a wave if you're the parent. <laughs> Jerks. Anyway, and so, 
So uh, anyway, so dad's like washing my, it's not called like, it's, it, they give it such a nice name, I'm washing your mouth, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that, okay, I guess I see the, but you know that was a word, it's not actually dirt. Anyway, and so, so after that, and then I was also banned from going to church that weekend, and I'm like, whatever. So I woke up, rode my bike to church, and went anyway, took the extra punishment. And, but there was nothing was ever going to stop me from going to church, right? And it's interesting that, fast forward, that guy's life, the one who said, nothing's going to stop me from pursuing a relationship with God any way I know how. And I, I remember specifically deciding, I'm, I'm not just going to church, I want to live his way. You hear what I'm saying? It wasn't just, I want to be in the room. It was, I want to live his way. His way is better. You know what I'm saying? In, in, what is it? Um, is it Psalm, Psalm 5? Or the, your way is better, you know? And, um, and so nothing was going to stop. Now you fast forward and you look at the difference in the trajectory of these kids' lives that all had the same experiences and it's very different. I'm the only one who got married before having kids. I'm the only one who's married to the, to the mother or father or, or whatever of my first child. Uh, I'm the only one that didn't end up on drugs and alcohol and, and just addicted to everything under the sun. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's just fascinating. I've been tithing since, I, since my first paper round, do you know what I mean? And so it's fascinating how someone who tithed from their first paper round's finances are doing much better. It's like every area of my life that came under authority worked out. And so people want, to, people want to know, like, you know, are you a jerk? Why do you got to talk about all this other stuff? Why? Because the only way God's going to bless your life is if, is if you bring it under the Word of God. It's not that, like, it's not that I don't love you for when you're living in sin. I do. But I also know that that stuff's going to hurt your life. And the only way your life's going to be better is if you come under authority, if you come under the Word of God. And if you start to allow God to line your life up with His Word, it will bless your life, all right? Like just last year, um, uh, see, and again, back to why our, ch- why our church is so quiet about this stuff, right? This stuff matters, okay? Why our church is so quiet about this stuff? Because lives aren't transformed when you won't bring the Word, all right? When you, you've got to bring the Word. And so th- last year, I, oh, sorry, I think that some people are afraid to speak because, again, we're going to get ridiculed by the world. So our lives are nice, and, and if I speak up about things that aren't good, then some mud's going to get thrown on me. So I'm going to get hurt if I say stuff about this. Yes, you will. You will. But isn't it worth you getting a little bit of hurt to help those who are stuck in their hurt get out of their hurt? Isn't it worth getting a little bit of mud on your life so that those who are stuck in the miry clay can find the strength to get out of it by the power of God in their lives? Amen. Isn't it worth a little bit of mud on your life? Last year, when we felt challenged, it was 2020, but last year I felt challenged to just do a whole month where we just hit everything the world hates. And so we went for it. And and I preached on homosexuality and God's design for marriage instead. And you can go there. It's called How to Live Successfully. And, um, and uh, it'll, it'll take, take you back to the Greek Hebrew, the foundational moments and the repetition throughout the Word of God that affirms God's design and plan for marriage between a man and a woman, naturally born man, naturally born woman, and to the exclusion of all others. Now, you, we, we did that. And, 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 
and I got abused, absolutely ridiculed. I still do because I preached that message. But, and this is just one of the stories I know of, right? But a man came to that service who'd been struggling with same-sex attraction his whole entire life. And, and he came to the service because he said, hey, I, I had begun to, to, to give in. I'm like, I'm just going to give in. It's, it, it hasn't changed. I still feel this way. It mustn't be wrong. So I'm just going to give in. In, and he's like, let's let's go. So and then, but he heard that there's a church preaching on on gay marriage uh, that weekend. So he came to our service and he came down the front. Had the privilege of praying with him. That the, there's many other guys too, but this is one who's reached back out to me. Had the privilege of playing, praying with him and, and, and just believing that God will transform the desires of his heart because it's absolutely true that 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 you know I like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? Look, look. Um, I'm not going to bow down and God will save us. But even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down anyway, right? So I know like I want a lot of people to, 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 to come down the front and have a, be set free. And they're like, look, uh, what I want to do is I'm going to honor God with my life no matter what. And God's going to change the desires of my heart. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to honor God with my life and my marriage anyway, right? So he had that attitude. But praise God, God does believe and God does rewire our hearts and rewire our minds and transform our life. This man's life was transformed and he's, re- he's gotten back to us twice since to tell us how his life has been transformed because he drove all the way to Des Moines to hear a message that most churches aren't willing to talk about and it changed his life. Now, it was worth the abuse for the one story. For one story. Christians have got to stop being afraid of the world. Come on, we've got to stop walking through the valley of death and fearing all evil. It's time to stand up and understand whose authority it is that we walk under and whose authority it is that we, walk, that we, that we exercise. Amen. It comes from God. Can I get an amen? amen. Would you all stand up with me and I, I'm going to land the plane in the next 30 minutes? Because we got a carnival in 32 minutes. and I want to, I, Look, I love you. I want to give you the two minutes it's going to take to walk out there. All right. If you're, if you're new here... I'm kidding. Church will be done in like five to seven minutes, all right? So good. Relax. Chill out. Isn't God good? There's a scripture in Ephesians. Everyone loves the armor of God, right? You know what the belt of truth is? It's not the word of God. Oh, uh-oh. Heresy. No, that comes later. That's later on. It says that, uh, it says that the uh, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay? The belt of truth is people who care about what's true and right. Well, why do you even care? Because it's not true. Truth matters. Without truth, there's no anchor in people's lives. Anything goes. You've got to put on the belt of truth. And you've got to carry the sword of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Before we close, I do want to talk to one group of people that's completely separate, but I guess it's kind of connected. Um, I've, I've felt all weekend that I need to talk to people about anxiety for a second. Um. In this world, it's crazy, you know, like all the crazy stuff going on, there can be anxieties, right? 
Anyone ever here ever had anxiety ever in your life? Like I have. Like, you know. Now, pre pre 2020, I thought you all a bunch of weenies. <laughs> nah, for real. I'm like, get your emotions under control. You know, got a wife who has emotions. I'm like, what the heck are these? You know, like, like just just don't be sad. You know, like just don't. You know, like. Any, any other men ever been like that? Yeah. They're like, why are you crying? It's just a fork, you know? Like, it's not about the fork. I know. But like, but like you know, I, I just didn't understand the emotions and stuff. But I certainly didn't understand anxiety and things like that. Just didn't get it. You know, that makes sense, right? From my childhood, you're like, probably put the emotions in a box and locked it up and threw it in the ocean, right? Makes sense. Anyway, 2020 came along and all of a sudden, uh, I don't know whether it was decision fatigue, leadership fatigue, whatever it was, I just started feeling like these insane panic attacks, anxiety and stuff. Drove myself to the hospital one day. I'm like, I'm dying. They're like, you have anxiety. I'm like, no. You know, <laughs> like, that's stupid, you know. In a way, I thank God for those moments though because it just definitely gave me a lot more compassion for people who are struggling with those with, with, with anxiety and different things like that. It still comes and goes every now and again, but I know how to deal with it now. Uh, I want to talk to you about how to deal with it in a moment, but first um, I want to talk about what Scripture says about anxiety, all right? Don't be anxious. No, it actually does say that. But that's only half the verse. It's not even half. It's like a third of it, right? So it says don't be anxious. Instead, or with that, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I felt like God wanted to release some people today and give peace. So if it's crazy in your life, if right now you're either overcome by emotion, sorry, by anxiety, you feel like it's chronic, it's just here forever, or, um, or it's just a current thing you're going through, whichever, would you put your hand up and show me who you are? Because I believe God wants to bring Sabrina. Could you come down the front now? And come close to the front. And don't worry, these cannons aren't going to go off again. You're going to keep your eyes. It's all good. Come down the front. And then just spread out so that you're all there. Because we're going to pray. I'm believing God for a miracle today. We've seen a few already. It's amazing what God's doing. For everybody else, well, you guys just get in, the, just get in that moment. Just, 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 just keep seeking God. Be like, God, I do need help right now. Right? God, I do need help. God, I don't want to live with this. Because here's the thing, it's a lie from the devil that it's just going to be this way. I feel like for so many people, anxiety has become this badge of honor. It's okay to have anxiety, but it's not something to be proud of. Just like having a broken leg. It's okay, but don't be like, oh yeah, I got a broken leg. Hopefully I'm going to have it forever. You know, I feel like there's this, this like don't glorify struggle get through it and get healed. So many counselors these days just want you to be in therapy for the rest of your life so they can keep billing your insurance. I know of therapists where they've had this, they've got like most of their clients have been with them for 30 years. I'm like, that's not a good sign. That's a bad sign that no healing happens in that clinic. All right? Like, like, when we've got anxiety, when we've got depression, when we've got these things, what we want to do is we want to get to a place of healing, not live in perpetual victimhood. We want to get to a place of healing. We don't need to live in therapy for the rest of our life. Now, it's okay to have like a coach, a mentor, whatever. That's cool, right? But we, what we don't want to do is hash out the same stuff for the rest of our lives. And we're like, every single time we get there, well, my mom, my mama this, and my mom, my mama that. And then once we deal with that, we start talking about my dad. Then at the end, the therapist goes, now let's go back to your mom. I'm like, how about we do? Because we did that four years ago. 
Anyone know what I'm talking about right now? It's like it's supposed to be about healing, not living in victimhood, you know? So no, 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 no offense, like I've still got to deal with it sometimes. But when I have those moments, I've got to take them to the Lord with thanksgiving. God, thank you. You got me through this last time. Thank you for everything. Thank you for this. God, but this is on me heavy today, right? I believe God's going to bring some freedom and release to you today when we realize that it is God's plan and desire to heal and release, not to perpetually live in it. That's not his desire. Can I get an amen? Well, you guys just stay here. You can listen to this as well, because this is good advice for everyone. But I've got some advice for everyone out there who's not currently feeling overwhelmed by the world. I want to tell you how to stay out of it. You ready for this? It's the next portion of Scripture. Finally, brothers and sisters, this is beautiful. It's like, all right, we got anxiety. Let's deal with it. How do we not go back there? All right. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's something excellent, if there's something praiseworthy, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard in me practice these things, do that and the peace of God, and sorry, and the God of peace will be with you. We are spending way too much time obsessing over everything that sucks. And we wonder why life sucks. We were not designed to carry the weight of the world. Jesus carried that to the cross. We're not designed to carry the weight and the pain of the world. Right now, we got these little devices in our pocket that should empower our lives and make everything awesome, but instead we use it to discover every piece of bad news on earth. We're not supposed to know all that. There's no way a man or a woman is supposed to be able to carry the weight of every train crash on earth, every dam that broke and flooded the city, every kid that got swept away, every dog that got swept away, every single person that, that suffered in domestic violence, every person that had an abortion, every person that, 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 that marriage got divorced, every person that was murdered, every car that got smacked by a train, and oh no, a blood moon in Afghanistan. You know, Jesus is coming back. No, like a like hundred years ago, you'd have found out about that blood moon 18 months later. Some of you are like, did you hear about the blood moon? Yeah, when was it? Dude, it was only 18 months ago. You're like, whoa, I can't believe how fast we hear stuff now. <laughs> but now we know everything immediately and we're not supposed to carry that weight. We get on our phones and, we, and it gives it, hey, phones are fine. I use mine too. And sometimes it's fun just to read up on everything, right? Nothing wrong with the news, but you're not meant to carry it all all day, right? We've already got anxiety. We're like, well, this sucks. I better whip out my phone and feed the anxiety so it doesn't die. And then we get on Instagram and we're like, flickety, flickety, flick. Oh, man, another one. Oh, ooh, oh, no. Oh, 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 who died? What died? Who killed them? How'd they die? Where'd they kill them? Oh, no, that was 10 different deaths? Whoa! And we just go through everything bad news. Oh, white people this, and black people this, and Hispanic people, like, and it's like on repeat. And I discovered something on my phone. Is a, there is a feature that I think you all need to use. Now, I don't know if you broke Android people can afford it or not, but the, but the, um, but the iPhones have a feature on the side, right? Like, get a job and buy a real phone. Anyway, um, the... Uh, the uh, the iPhones, 
I'm kidding, all right? That pastor's so bougie. No, like, it's a joke. Relax, all right? I drive a truck. I'm a redneck. Relax, all right? Bouge, I'm bouge neck. Anyway, um, the, there's this feature on the phone that when you're just overcome by all that crap, you just go like this. Mine has it. I don't know if yours has it, but watch this. Ha! Did you even see that? All the bad news just turned off button on the side. But we get obsessed. We're stuck on it all day. You know, you can put it down for five hours. I do it all the time. People like couldn't get hold of you. I'm like, yeah, I left my phone at home. You did what? How are you alive? I drink coffee, you know? <laughs> like I just, just turn it off. We start texting people, people who we know it's never gonna end well, but we text them anyway. We're like, Hey, text, 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 text. And then we write back, they just write back K. Not even okay. We're like, why do they hate me? It's like, they just didn't put an O in front of the K. It was probably quicker, you know? Like, we got anxiety now about a, a dropped O. And then we write back, like, you sure everything's fine? And then we see them writing back, the little three dots now. We know another one's coming. Like, and then it disappears and no text comes. Then we're just like, man, I must have offended them. They must have written how much they hate me 10 times, deleted it, and just left it alone, right? Man, you need to put your phone in your pocket or on your desk for a bit. It's okay. It's fine. I like it too. My screen time's maybe higher than yours. I don't know. But take some time. Most of the time needs to be whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent. Whatever is true, think on these things. And the God of peace will be with you. So let's pray. Come on, reach out your hands for these guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you care about them. That God, that, that you care so much about the state of their hearts and the anxiety that so many of them have lived with for too long that you wrote about it a lot in the Word of God. And God, I thank you that that even though it might seem small to us, well, I'm just one person, it's my anxiety on this one day a week, and yada, yada, yada. But God, I thank you that you care about what we care about. You care about what hurts us. And I thank you that you're both willing and able to help us. And so God, just for all my friends down the front, I pray your Holy Spirit would come and just fill them afresh. Touch their hearts in Jesus' name. Touch their hearts in Jesus' name. God, so many of them have been convinced to live perpetually, to make peace with the pain in it, to make peace with the, with the struggle and just to live perpetually as a victim to this, to this awful anxiety. But God, so I rebuke that in Jesus' name. It is not their lot in life. They are not gonna have to live like this. That is a lie from the devil and we break it in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, we pray for healing. We pray for healing, relief, and release right now, right now in Jesus' name. Right now, Holy Spirit, I pray you break off that so-called chronic anxiety and that today would be a day of peace in Jesus' name. God, I also pray that you would do what your word says. In your word, you say that you will remind us of things you've spoken to us. So God, I pray that you remind them of this word that in everything, Lord God, that, 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 that we would not be anxious, but we would bring our anxieties by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in our hearts. We would lay them on your shoulders because your shoulders are broad and you can carry the weight. So God, when that moment comes where anxiety tries to get them, 
I pray your Holy Spirit gives them a moment of clarity to think and remember. The way through it is to talk about it with their Father. And that as they do that, Lord God, your Holy Spirit would refresh their hearts, release the anxiety, and fill them with joy again. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.